Welcome to the Dog Xanadu 9000, the full Xanadu podcast of 1900hotdog.com. I'm the internet's Sean Baby, and I'm here with Xanadu superfan Robert Xanadu Brockway. Xanadu! <laughs> yeah! It's in, my, it's in my head forever. For the rest of our lives. And here is, hold oh, on, yes, I, ha- I have a Brockway fact for you. I love Xanadu. <laughs> I will accept so many follow-up questions. Oh, I'm going to have a ton. Uh, <laughs> first, uh, this week we're joined by Chief Xanaduologist at UC Xanadu. She's a writer for the Trailer Park Boys comic, a 1-900-Xanadog weekly columnist, Lydia Xanadubug. I'm alive! <laughs> <laughs> That's the only other song I could remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Sean is finally getting his musical episode that he's been <laughs> Finally, I have been trying to make this happen the whole fucking time. Uh, Liddy, let's, uh, let's plug something where people can come see your work. Oh, I, w- I work for this great uh, website called 1900hotdog.com. Um, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't really have anything extra this time. Uh, what about the uh, Trailer Park Boys comic? Well, let's, pl- let's plug the Trailer Park Boys comic. Okay, yeah, you can check out the Trailer Park Boys second comic book, which is out. I wrote the first story in it. It's called the Trailer Park Boys Bagged and Boarded. It's still available. We also just uh, did a successful Kickstarter to combine the first the two issues into a graphic novel type deal uh, into a collection. Mm. So that will be out eventually. Sweet. Oh, awesome. and you can follow me on and Twitter. You can follow her. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at you know Lydia, uh, like U K N O W Lydia. Well, I, I don't want you to worry. This is going to be a recurring bit, uh, Liddy. But how are you, Zana, doing? Oh, I'm Santa Gray. I've I've been looking forward to this all week, and I uh, feel like I have a deeper understanding of why you like doing this to me. Yes, this is uh, this was Liddy's idea for the podcast. Not exactly revenge uh, for making you watch Conan, but I would no. say spite, spite maybe. Yeah, vengeance. That felt spite. No, I uh, genuinely love this movie. I wanted to share it with no, you. No, I believe you. You got to hear yeah. so many good songs because of me. It's true. I actually knew most of the songs because the uh, soundtrack was ubiquitous. I think this movie was almost instantly like uh, shorthand for a joke about bad movies. Like I think this movie was a, a critical failure, but also like a box office failure. And uh, the year after this came out was the first Razzies and it was directly inspired by Xanadu. Like it, Xanadu invented the idea of hating on bad movies. Yeah. Uh, like Just like community. half of what we do here. We, we owe <laughs> right. it all to Xanadu. We owe it all to Xanadu. So I'd never seen the movie just because it was so like on my radar of like, oh, this is a bad movie. I'm like, yeah, okay. We all, we all get that it's a bad But after watching it, uh, I think it's way more complicated than that. And I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah. I, but yes, this was, this was like the gender swapped Conan. This is like a big cultural event that like most people experienced, but like... It's still fun to discover. So Brockway and I are discovering it. We just watched it for the first time, like last night. See, I didn't uh, even know the soundtrack. I, I knew nothing about Xanadu. I knew it was something disco. Uh, and I think that's about it. And that it was supposed to be bad. And that's uh, that's it. I never knew anybody that watched it. I never heard <laughs> any of the songs. It's just not in my wheelhouse at all. That's so but crazy you, to me. you were aware that it was like a financially devastating bold failure right like no you knew that i wasn't even aware oh, of that wow. until just now wow <laughs> how this didn't light the world on fire what <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy to me because like i grew up with this because I, fun lydia fact uh my dad was a new wave musician and he loved electric light orchestra so mm. he loved this movie because he liked the soundtrack other than the olivia newton john songs 
Um, and then it, it's sure. kind of like tailor made for me. It has all of like I love roller skating. I <laughs> I love Olivia Newton. You travel by laser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lasers are great. I love pinball. There's like a big pinball scene. I love. Yeah, it's just like specific. Oh, Greek for mythology. For no reason. I love things for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> Which things is that are much just of what this movie is. <laughs> kind of upbeat and pretty, but like don't actually have a plot. It's perfect. It is absolutely perfect. And, and it, it shouldn't have failed, I guess. Uh, we'll get into all of, like the magic that happens in the movie and the insanity, but like this was Olivia Newton John, like just post Greece. And, uh, Gene Kelly is obviously, you know, hey, from Greece to Greece, from Greece to Greece. Uh, <laughs> that's my clever thing for the day. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good job. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. I love it. And, uh, Michael Beck is more complicated. Michael Beck played, uh, Sonny. Uh, the male lead here, uh, Rockway was like, where do I know that guy before the show? And I was like, the Warriors. He was, uh, he was the main. Yep. That was it. Warrior. <laughs> Swan. That's exactly uh, what it was. <laughs> but listen, what else Michael Beck was in? He was in a movie called Megaforce and another one called Battle Truck. And that <laughs> fucking go looks like a battle truck guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a battle truck guy. Uh, he looks he also like a battle played, truck. He played a ninja alongside Mako. In The Last Ninja, and he played a Native American in a movie called uh, Triumphs oh. of a Man Called Horse. So well, that's, that's the versatility. He, he can play a, a Japanese man or a Native American man. And then he just kind of fell off the map doing bit parts, like to the point where he was such an unknown actor a few years after this movie that he played three different characters on Murder, She Wrote. They're just like, ah, no one will, no one will know who this oh. fucking kid is. The range on this guy. He can play any race. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I recognized him from Murder She Wrote in the back of my brain because I also That's love that really show funny. and he has like Murder She Wrote face. <laughs> yeah, he's very like eighties handsome. I I think uh, he's an yeah, objective he beautiful ripping man it up through the eighties. Like yeah, I did I bet this dude just left a trail of panties in his wake. See, no question. I felt like that was what they wanted you to think about him, but I didn't really buy it. I think he's the the only problem with this movie. There's like 2.5 problems, and one is him <laughs> trying to be like a macho cool guy, but he's also like an artist and he's roller skating constantly, which like you cannot yep. look cool while you roller skate. It's very I like that he tried to look different. pissed off. Like he tried to look really mad while he roller skated. Yeah. He looked tough as shit. He was yeah. like intensely roller skating around. Yeah. <laughs> Prayer of the roller voice disagrees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, I didn't buy him. I didn't buy him as an actor and I didn't buy him as like a macho man. Wow. See, I have, I, a, I have a lot of things in here about how I didn't see him was too. So I think maybe he's just appealing to the wrong demographic. Maybe he left a trail of boxers in his wake. That sure. could be. Because, uh, yeah. I I'm, thought he was I'm, handsome uh, as fuck. I'm a, a straight guy, but like he's my type. Like I look at him, I'm like, that's a beautiful definitely. Man. Yeah, he so uh, he can get it. That's that's my theory. And <laughs> I also think he's a great actor. Uh, I might be biased because I think The Warriors is probably in my top ten. Like I think that's one of the best movies. Um, See, anyway, I thought yeah. he was playing an idiot here, and he did a great job. He did such oh, a good job. That's I just a completely take. believed him. Like, I thought yeah. his delivery was really flat a lot of times, and I thought it was kind of not fair to put him next to Gene Kelly, who has so <laughs> much personality, and he just seemed sure. like... Yeah, that okay, that was a little... Yeah, like, if I could, if I were going to go on a date with either him or Gene Kelly, I think I'd pick Gene Kelly. Fair enough. Uh, to be fair, he was uh, accepted into, like, a prestigious London acting school uh, and was a renowned actor. Like, he did a lot of stage work. And uh, so, uh, to be fair, you're wrong. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I was replacing. I'm saying he's, I, 
He's a well-trained actor who who many people find to be very talented. Uh, if he, I thought he was great in this movie, and that's I think what I love about Xanadu is uh, it's insane in everything I see in Xanadu. I'm like, I bet fifty different people would interpret this like twenty five different ways. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, always trying to pick it apart and find what the problems are that like made it so such mm-hmm. a failure. And I kind of just landed right. on him at some point. I was like, if if you replaced him with like Steve Gutenberg. I feel like okay. it would be a better movie. <laughs> Whoa. That's a, be, that's a savage burn. <laughs> he's got... That is he, a, that's not cool. Face. That's a cute face. <laughs> he's like, he looks sweet like an artist, and this guy just wasn't selling it to me. That's really funny. <laughs> I, I, I'm rethinking it. I think you might be right. Like, so much as I think what didn't no. work about the movie is the tone. Like, it really felt like a horror movie to me. Like, just no, like a shoe was I about it to drop. Yes. yes. So, like... Okay. We're and a part of that is point. Michael Beck is that like there's a scene in here where his boss is talking to him and he's supposed to sort of be like this, you know, free spirit artist and his boss is talking to him and he kind of gives him like this look that he's just going to fuck him up. I'm like, oh, your bo- boss, you got to get the fuck out of here. He's going to kill you. <laughs> and, uh, and and there was a lot of scenes where where just weird stuff's happening and, and he had this look on his face like like he knew it was coming. And I was just like, yeah, like this is. This is a horror movie. Uh, also, it's produced by Lawrence Gordon, uh, who he made Die Hard and Predator, and of course, uh, Kevin Spacey's K-Pax. And uh, it's also the name of the bad guy from Saw, which comes up first in Google if you're uh, wondering what kind of legacy you get from producing Die Hard. Uh, so, so yeah, that also just added like a horror element. And I'm like, wait, Lawrence Gordon, that's the, that's the bad guy from Saw. Uh, yeah, I, ag- I agree on all accounts. This was a horror movie. I, I will, think it I could make function that as that, yes. A very brightly colored, kind of like um, Midsommar-style mm-hmm. horror movie. Yes. <laughs> it was supposed to like trick you with how fun and upbeat and colorful it was. Mm-hmm. But definitely a horror movie throughout. Uh, and it was the director's first uh, film feature, so that might have had something to do with it. Like, he just didn't know how to like set the tone or direct actors. But uh, after this, he did almost all documentaries. So I guess Xanadu like, turned him off from... It is the, the one uh, story I had. I was kissed <laughs> <Right>. by a muse. <laughs> well, my take was that it like turned him off from like the whimsy of imagination. Like he's, he did Xanadu and he's like, okay, that's enough for me. I'm just going to fucking film Walmart employees talking about union busting from now on. Oh man, but, uh, I can't imagine this being your first film because there's, it's such a big, like so many big choreographed scenes that you have to deal with yeah. and like tightrope walkers massive. and jugglers and... Yeah. choreographing um, all technically that. S- slack rope walkers <laughs> oh <laughs> excuse me <laughs> our first fight liddy uh i love the. let's talk about the xanadu font this is the most perfect post-apocalyptic uh motorcycle cyborg movie font yeah and it's great it's kind of got some flash gordon to it too yeah. it's got like yeah it, it's anything but what this is like if i saw that font on a poster in like 1980 five or something yeah i would be like, like i know exactly truck. i know what this That's movie battle is. truck yeah. yeah people classify it as sci-fi and i'm like it's very much not it does have like a weird ufo intro i don't know what that is but uh i think they just look at that font and they're like oh it's a sci-fi movie right there's kind of a sci-fi element to a couple of the costumes but like that's full pure, on like greek fantasy gods, horror yeah yeah unless <laughs> we're supposed to think that the greek gods are aliens or something Right. I don't know. Maybe. There's a lot of neon. I think the neon throws Yeah, There's lasers. Olivia Newton-John travels by laser a lot. That's sci-fi. That's just, that's how the Greeks did it. (laughs) 
I have in my notes, I sort of have the plot if we want to go through the movie like chronologically and talk about everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to do this then. Uh, so we're opening up on uh, Michael Beck and he's struggling with his art. He, it's not conveyed very well to the viewer that he's like out of ideas, but he's just sort of painting everything in many different styles of art. And he's just finally throws the shit out the window. He's like, oh, I can't do it. Like, um, God, what's the line? He says, ah, oh, what the hell, guys? Like, me shouldn't dream anyway. Yeah. He throws it. <laughs> the first line of the movie, then he throws the paper out. And that leads to uh, a mural coming to life where... Well, they drift throughout town on the wind, sure. these weirdly superimposed scraps of paper. Like, we couldn't get scraps of paper to blow. We had no <laughs> idea how to do that. So we Just had to green screen it in. Tech. Right. To, like, what... To The soundtrack is so bizarre, even in the non-song parts, that this is, like... I have it as spooky bowling music. Like if you're going bowling in Halloween and it's like the 80s, this yeah. is the music they would play. It's just, it's bizarre. It's a That's bizarre a vibe that they set right off. Yes. And we've only had one line in the movie and already a mural has come to life with a bunch of like uh, eight Greek goddesses coming to life. And, and Liddy, if you think I didn't notice that one of those muses was Conan's own Sandy Bergman, you're crazy. It that was? Sandy Bergman, yes. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You knew. This was, the, this was the plan the whole time. It was a trap. I was going to test your it's knowledge. You I was going to show you up in a minute. I was going to be like, did you know that was Sandy Bergman? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I knew. I've been planning this since you accepted. <laughs> I think I got infected with the, after we watched the director's commentary of Conan, I got infected with their obsession over Sandy Bergman because every time she came on the screen, they're like, oh, look at Sandy. Oh, God, Sandy. <laughs> Oh, the way she moves. And so, like, which I, gotta I think say, some of that just rubbed off on me. Like, pretty good. Pretty yeah. good moves, I guess. Fanta- fantastic dancer. It's in, uh, is she a dancer? A savage that's, creep. that's all yeah. they do in that scene is dance. So I'm assuming yeah, she's she a came dancer. out and was doing, like, beautiful pirouettes, I think is what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. She knows how to dance. And, uh, yeah, fantastic you dancing. Have, didn't, you don't have to be a creep about it, but she knows how to dance. <laughs> Oh, her dancing. Oh, oh my God, look at moves. that pirouette. Arnold, look at that. Yeah, look at that move. Oh, I used to have sex with her. Uh, I thought we would do one without peek. the Arnold impression, but I was wrong. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Impossible. So it's almost like too much, like all these glowing, perfect women spinning and loving life. And, and I ask you both, can any soul withstand such beauty? Like, can it? Can anyone look upon Xanatu and remain unchanged? That's my question to you. They turn into beams of rainbow roller skating life. How was this movie a failure? I don't know. It I literally wonderful. think it's all about timing because disco is on its way out and this is a disco movie, sort of. Oh, it's disco as fuck, yeah. I was Even sold the, I was sold the second disco. they all turn into the Flash. It was like the same <laughs> effect they use for like Tron and the Flash. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, it's real now. <laughs> right off we got we got flash ladies and then <laughs> the flash lady zooms into the real world and just starts zipping around stops right on my now she's Beck. on roller skates magical yeah, on roller, roller skates because why wouldn't she be that's the everyone's uh, like, that's how everyone gets around in this movie is like yes. there's the only way you can travel is roller skate <laughs> <laughs> no notes on that great decision uh she kisses him they fall in love in two seconds, and then she just fucking skates away at laser beam speed. Yeah, so she he turns just, into a laser beam right there, and he sees yes, it. He watches right it. In front of him. He watches yeah. it go, and it does not occur to him that this is strange, because he is very handsome. Mm-hmm. He's so yes. handsome. And he's just like, yeah, this is what ha- happens to handsome people, like, all the time. Yeah. 
And she, You're saying that sarcastically. He is very handsome. Michael Beck. He is super handsome. <laughs> no, I'm, still not, I'm being sincere. I, I believe that this is how handsome people experience the world. I believe magic happens to them all the time and they just think yes. like, huh, all right. I can vouch for that. That happens all the time. I've been yeah. laser beam kissed six times today. And you just uh -oh. don't even blink. You just go like, all right, well, I'm going to the <laughs> <Like> store. <laughs> Shrug. So uh, he's part of an art production studio that that they recreate album covers much larger for rock record stores. What the yeah, fuck could is anything that? like date this movie more than that job that he has? <laughs> it's so specific. no, but it's not. It's not paintings. They're photographs. Why aren't you enlarge? Did, right. did we not have the technology to enlarge a photograph? So we had to pay like eight people <laughs> to paint it for like three days. I do think that, that there was a record store in Venice that did that. So they ha kind of had like these posters, but it's like one very specific store that I would imagine you would need a guy to do it, but I don't think you'd need a whole studio to do it. You would need a uh, whole studio of people like full time. You would need to spend like $8,000 <laughs> per album that comes out. <laughs> right. It's the most insane operation. I spent the whole movie trying to like figure it out. And eventually like halfway point, they say like, I enlarge album covers with paintings to hang in front of a record store yeah. just in my notes i have what yeah what? i'm 100 percent sure that was a studio note or like a note where they showed it to an audience and the audience was like really distracted like what does he do for a living and so they had to add that scene where he like explained to gene kelly what he does for a living right what is this fucking art sweatshop I, what is happening my note on uh, my take on that is that i think whoever wrote this movie drove past that record store and saw like a big painting of an album and thought, oh, I wonder who did that. I <laughs> Must be a whole industry. world they're a part of. Yes. <laughs> I, ass I assume it's an industry and I'm going to go off that. Yeah. And they, no they wanted needed. him to have a job that was art, but that was also soulless in some way. Yes. That was his boss's thing is like, fuck your art. Don't do art. Art is bad. Now go paint me an album without doing any fancy art. <laughs> no arts. No arts when you do this. Make it look like that art, but with no extra art on top of the first art. And he I kept swear saying, to God, if like, I feel an emotion. He was like, stop doing such a good job to the guy. Like, you're doing too good of a job. Right. Just paint faster. And it wasn't that good of a job. Like, it looked exactly like the album cover he was painting. Yes. But <laughs> so something about want? it, he could tell. He's like, no, you did like a little artistic take on that. Knock it's it the soul fuck in off. This. It moves yeah. me, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gets this album cover with Olivia Newton-John on it. And so he's like, wait, this is that laser beam woman that kissed me earlier. I got to figure this out. So he goes to the photographer. It wasn't weird until then. Then he's like, oh, okay, this yeah. is weird. Yeah, he's like, I got to get to the bottom. But not in a weird way. Like, I got to figure out what's happening. I'm go Am I going crazy? It's just like, you know, I got to meet this laser chick. Yeah. And so the photographer's like, oh, hey, here's the thing. This mag this lady magically appeared in one of the frames. I took like a, a thousand sexy pictures. roller skate ghost, <laughs> a fucking ghost. Uh. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. He's so handsome. He does not have any questions. Yeah, he's like, he's uh -huh. like, I uh -huh. conjure women all the time with my handsomeness. It's just totally normal. So where, so where, so where is she? Where's the sexy <laughs> roller skate ghost? Yeah, that's his only interest is finding her. He doesn't care that it's like creepy that she kissed him without asking and then like disappeared yeah. and then reappeared in his life. Like she could be stalking him and he's just like, I am in love with her. And you're like, that's what I'm saying. Why? Very sinister. Yeah. It's a very sinister Absolutely. vibe. The cameraman, especially his delivery is very much like, 
I don't know where she came from. I'm worried. I'm, my worldview is shaken and I am afraid. And he's like, cool, do you have her number? <laughs> he's like, no, this is, I think she's from space or something. He's like, groovy, man. Uh, so then the second, I, I love here, there's a, for the second time in the movie, someone tries to offer him a woman like unrelated to their circumstances. Like one of the girls he was painting with was like, hey, you got to meet my friend. She's like so horny. And this guy's like, hey, check out these pictures of my daughters. And he pulls out like a folding bunch of photos from his wallet, offers them to Sonny. And he's like, yeah, that's great. That's like, that's what he says. He's like, that's great. And leaves. And the guy's like, yeah, man, he's going to fuck one of these. Uh, Just like fuck my friends and family, Sonny. My God. Anything. Uh, So if like, if the people specifically can't have sex with him. They just want to be involved in his sex life somehow. Uh, he sees Olivia Newton-John on, on Venice and he chases after her. He steals a bike from two hot girls and they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, you can have a free motorcycle. As long as you and, bring it back just, yourself is yeah. what they say, which I'm like, how would he get it <laughs> yes. back to you without bringing it himself? <laughs> yeah, well, don't first, hand this off to someone less he meets, handsome. Uh, he meets Gene Kelly playing just playing the clarinet i think yeah on yeah, the beach clarinet. playing the clarinet which is what old people used to do and i, I vote they resume doing it just and I, yep. I i just want to point this out because it has one of my favorite exchanges of like these are the two lines i'm not going to omit anything okay but uh gene kelly says boy oh boy they sure don't make rocks like they used to <laughs> and michael beck says you want some popcorn <laughs> <laughs> end yep. of exchange and they're so best good. friends forever after that uh, that's how they meet and become friends that's that's <laughs> that's how they meet so uh olivia newton john like full-on vanishes and then reappears to lure him off a pier so he drives the motorcycle off the pier and uh it's a pretty Completely sweet stunt. destroys it yeah yeah he fuck your motorcycle hot girls uh he take does like a 720 <laughs> into the ocean uh gene kelly uh takes him for coffee and my note here is the charm on these two. How did this movie fail? Watching Michael Beck and Gene Kelly have coffee, I'm like, this movie is a delight. And I love it. Um, it's so great that you forget that he just stole a motorcycle and destroyed yeah. it and then walked away without a single thought yeah. as to just what happens walked, next. Walked out Again, of the ocean this on is a handsome date with Gene life. Kelly. Yep, this is life just, when you're very handsome. It's just, it'll <laughs> work out. Let's go get some coffee. <laughs> He gets outside and some dude in a van is like, hey, where are you going? He's like, west. And the guy goes, ah, shit, I'm going east. Eh, I'll take you anyway. So we Marty McFly's on his roller skates on the yeah, back of this sketches, dude's van. Yeah. He sketches on roller skates. That's the scariest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he it's dangerous dead. enough on like skateboards, but on roller skates specifically that are not built to go more than like eight Miles an hour. And he says to the guy, like, don't just, forget I'm back here. Like, he's worried about him just getting on the highway or something, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or taking a sweet jump. You know, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what this guy's going to do. Uh, so he sees the the abandoned theater from the album cover. And he's like, oh, shit. This is that thing from the album. Bye. And he like just lets go of the van. The other guy's like, okay, I'll abandon you here. And he walks in and there's a living Newton-John roller skating alone in the dark uh i think i would like to point out that in all of these scenes he is now wearing his roller skates around his neck and they even show right. it he is walking through on a condemned building in his socks because he's so handsome <laughs> it's true uh when you're that handsome the world leaves your feet alone skating so, through uh, life just skating through life uh speaking of that's like 
Olivia Newton-John is like full on like pixie sprite, just whimsically fucking with him. He's like, "Hey, who are you?" And she's like, "Oh, who's anybody?" Like, just won't answer any questions. <laughs> fucking and- infuriated. <laughs> she, this is like, the original manic pixie dream girl. Like, ab- she, absolutely. She doesn't have just- any personality at all ever through the whole movie and that guy just relentlessly is in love with her and she does nothing i bet she has 20 lines in this movie all she does is sing no personality she when he meets her she's roller skating sexily to herself (laughs) in a condemned building that's that's all the personality you need yeah it is dangerous to have more he still has no like care in the world he does not think this is anything he doesn't think it's a supernatural thing he doesn't think it's a grift like at the very he least, think he's going to be murdered by this strange woman. <laughs> yeah, like has he never seen a movie? But uh, I guess things are just fucking easy when you're this handsome. And he's just like, uh, you come to this abandoned warehouse a lot. You want to go on a date? <laughs> and she's like, no, no. What's a date? Giggle. Get, Vanish. Get out of my warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back. Uh, his boss is named Simpson, which I love because he keeps saying, oh, I got to paint these Simpsons albums, which is uh, really funny to me because it just yeah, it changed context. Yeah, it changed the context a lot. Uh, I just want to say it here because I'm going to be praising them throughout. Uh, novelty swipes. The novelty swipes are so on point. Yes. Oh, like you're a, right. This one is like a, like blinds closing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they swipe away. It's so good. Yeah, yeah it's like home improvement. Or, or like um, when someone, when you're a kid and you first get access to like a, an editing software and you're just yes. kind of experimenting with all of them, they're like, we're going to use every single one in this movie. Right. You're like, star wipe, dazzle wipe. Soft yeah, wipe. they'll like break into shapes and then the shapes will shoot off. Uh, it's, it's There's no normal great. way to end a scene. It's so good. How did this movie fail is the point. Uh, so his boss is complaining that his art is too good again for probably the third time already. Like it's still early in the movie and he's given him that warrior's attitude where I was like, this is where the boss is going to get fucked up. Like you're bringing the wrong attitude to the wrong movie, Michael Beck, but, uh, somehow still works. Uh, his boss really is just a dick for no reason. Uh, and he lays out sort of the theme of what Seems like could be a movie, but is not this movie, which is how art is totally stupid and capitalism is better. Uh, and it feels like, okay, this is this is the theme, right? No, it's total red no, hair. Nobody argues that. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> like it, but nobody argues it. There is literally no antagonist in this movie. Uh, it, a couple of bumps here and there like this. This is a complication that he knows a guy who doesn't like art, but it has no effect on his life. Yeah, you're and, right. Um, <laughs> it is strange, like he right? He's yelled at a bunch, but he's never fired for it or anything. He's just Right. There should be just, an act two where like everything goes wrong, like like the club is about to fail or whatever. We'll get nope. into that. Just a bunch of stuff just keeps happening. He's too I think handsome. That's what I like too about too handsome it. to have an act two. Like I tend to like yeah, movies where not much happens and it just kinda looks good. Like I like Sofia Coppola movies a lot. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense why this appeals to me more now. Yeah. It's just a, a lot of pleasant stuff happening in a row. Yeah. Uh and uh, all the annoying stuff just like washes right off, has no effect on the plot. Uh, so now Gene Kelly, a charming bachelor, takes this hunky boy home uh, and they listen to some records. And that's the whole thing. He just comes out of the record store and uh, for Michael Beck's 15 like, hey, seconds. You got some records? 15 seconds of a record and then says, yeah. hey, see you later. Well, and-, and they also show you that he's very rich and his house is super nice and looks like a cheesecake factory. That's true. It is opulent yeah. and old timey. 
Uh, and it has like a real sweet, innocent tone that my Bonner brain just cannot process. Like it, 100% right here in my notes says it just, a shoe is going to drop any second. <laughs> this motherfucker's going to hiss, no, put on the mask and take off your pants. Or well, it's he's going to like hand him a drink him. and black out. It's not him that that's like the horror thing because he reveals that like he had the same muse, not like another muse, but the same yes, woman. And he recognizes same her. One. Uh-huh. As, as this woman that, that inspired and abandoned him to, like, not necessarily ruin his life because he's rich now, but it ruined his artistic life. It, like, ate his inspiration and left oh, him. Oh, yes. And just kind of left him destitute. And the guy, he's just so handsome. He can't pick it up. It's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sounds <that>. good, man. <laughs> yeah, Gene Kelly also seems to you, perfectly like... <laughs> happy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry you lost all your artistic inspiration. I was just going to say that Gene Kelly seems so happy. Yeah. And, uh... And again, in a way that I don't trust, but I think that's just me, not like the artistic intent. Like, I think he's meant to be like happy and content and he's obviously very wealthy and relaxed. Anyway. No, uh, this, it's a weird vibe. This is the setup yes. stage so, of a horror movie. Like when everything's a little too idyllic and you mm -hmm. just, you know, something's coming, you know so, what movie you're watching now. Right. It, and that's... Uh, my point, I, I, I think I was expecting him to wake up with like an asshole sun to his face, but instead he just like leaves and the camera lingers on Gene and here's where it gets really strange to me. Well, hold on, because it's important to the plot. He first asks yes. him for no reason. He asks this just handsome man who he met on a rock and likes popcorn. Do you want to be my business partner and my realtor and find me a musical no, venue because I want to get back in the music. his business partner then. He asked him to find a space and then once right, they his find realtor. the space, yeah. Yeah. But he's like, like will be you my be realtor. my realtor, handsome man who likes popcorn? Because he's got a good he eye. Says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a good eye. I like that, um, I like movies that don't give a shit. Like they know that they need to have these two characters together and sort of building a club together uh, and they're like, I guess we don't really care how or why. We don't need we don't need to connect these dots so much. Fuck it. And so um, I'm fine with that. Uh, but here's where the movie gets weird for me, where uh, Gene Kelly like starts talking to the record player. He's kind of doing a weird little thing. And you're like, oh, he's crazy. That's it. It's it's very like American Psycho where he's explaining Huey Lewis. It, it has that kind of a vibe. And then he sits down and starts reliving a memory of him performing with Olivia Newton-John at like an old USO show. And... <laughs> It is he fucking he fucking air flutes to yes. his parts. Yes, it <laughs> is air flutes. The tiniest micron from like a really well made horror scene. Like it's just almost almost there. Uh, but no, it's it just turns into a tap dancing number. It's a great with, like, like, he to his feet. He gets this yeah, <laughs> it is before like, to join it. He gets this like horrified, distant look in his eyes, and he freezes for a second, and then yeah. he jumps to his feet like he's like pulled. It's just there's something weird and supernatural in that moment is what I'm yes. saying. And, he's and then he like goes into this tap dance number with the memory or ghost of <laughs> this mu this muse woman. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with him. I'm like, is he is he a tragic figure? Is he like a lonely has been? Is he a killer? What is why is what's happening? No reason. They okay, just needed guys, a tap dancing number. You don't They're speak musical. Fun. That's the issue. It's <laughs> like in a that's musical, a, when people are having strong internal feelings, it becomes an external like dance number. So that's what that is. is okay. He's like, you know, reliving it and we're like going into his memory with him and he's doing a tap dance, which is killer. And I can't believe how good he is at dancing still at like whatever age. Is he like 70 mm -hmm. in this? 
He's yeah. Like, yeah, be, yeah. At like 70, he's like still a killer tap dancer. But yeah, I think and, that's. Uh, I, yeah, love I, this I agree. Scene. I agree completely. Uh, yeah, a totally adorable. Uh, not for me, but like, I, I wouldn't use the word riveted, but I wasn't bored like I generally would be during a tap dance routine. I yeah. was like, this, this yeah, is. I'm on board with him fucking top notch, whatever this is. Yeah. The ghost in the spirit plane. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, that's I, like I'm very not qualified normal. to rate it, but I give it a nine out of 10. <laughs> Uh, so Sonny goes back to the art studio to paint. And when I say paint, uh, he takes like dry brush and rubs it against <laughs> Levi Newton-John's hair for a couple times. But she's there somehow inside the studio. Again, doesn't give a shit. Fucking like, ninjas hey. out of the so- shadows in a closed <laughs> studio after hours. And he yep. has no questions because he's too handsome. And she's wearing <laughs> the most bizarre outfit ever, which she wears for a lot of the movie, which is like a kind of a cloth diaper. And her dress yeah. is cut so high that you can see it, but it's the same material and like color and everything as her dress. So it's part of the dress, but it's like her underwear and you can see it and her butt. Right. If yeah. you if you put any of this, any of these actions or outfits on a not beautiful woman, you are like, this is a fucking crazy person. I need to get away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a homeless woman's like weird rag. I, I wrote <laughs> like makeshift clothing. I wrote apron diaper combo because like the, the dress kind of has an apron <laughs> yeah. vibe. That's a good way to describe it. I think they might have been going for like a toga element. Oh. So you sort of look. But but again, but you're closer with an apron diaper. It's like it was a madman's take on a toga. Yeah. And then um, so they put on the roller skates and they go. This is a painting studio, but they do have like a cyber booth in the center of a poorly explained like X Men danger room. And so <laughs> they brought a fucking cerebro and shit. Like it is so, cerebro. They have a little a little yeah. station to plug your psychic yes. powers in. I and like props to send from the ceiling. And there's like simulated environments on all the walls. And they do. And he they explains do explain it all by it. saying, "Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, bands play here, and they like they <laughs> yeah. use this for inspiration. Yeah, he for said inspiration. for inspiration. And I'm like, so what? Someone's gonna come so, and like sit in a desert set and think." That's the idea. Right. And here's the thing, Liddy. I don't watch musicals much, but I do know that if they were just to go into a room in a painting studio and all of a sudden the walls turn to like different environments, I'm not like, what the fuck is happening? But they're trying to like say, this is a room that actually does that yes. in the painting studio to inspire bands. And I'm like, that's what makes it crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, crazy. they didn't it need that explanation. They should it should have just been there like skating around this big empty room and imagining all of these places like yes. that would have been way more normal. And it's a full roller skate dance number with no good tricks. No. Like there's just like neither one of them are competent ro- competent is strong enough word. They they can okay, roller but skate they do, fine. They do fly. For a they moment. do fly a little. They yes, jump they... and then they just unexplainedly fly. And again, no questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The... Sometimes I fly. It's great. Their tricks are like going up a small ramp and then coming back down gently, and then yeah, yes. and then the CG. Well, I guess not CGI, but however they made them float. <laughs> right, and you just can tell like, uh, like in a movie like this, you don't normally see performing, performing, right? Like you can't ever tell when someone's acting in like a big feature film. But Michael Beck is concentrating real fucking hard on roller skating. <laughs> like it's, it's really funny to me. 
Uh, he looks so train serious. almost hits them. Like they have a big giant fake train in this painting studio. It's really like, inspiring to the bands to sit on a park bench about to be hit by a train. What the fuck was that set? <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest one for me. I was like, how is a big train just the front of it inspiring? That doesn't make any sense. Well, they sit they sit on a park bench and the background is dark. And then a, a prop of a train comes out of the dark and it starts firing mist. You're like, why would you have a park bench that gets hit by a train? To inspire yeah. your bands. I don't... What it's is that because song it's a horror about? Movie. And that's where because the band Train comes from. They were at that oh studio. Oh my god, that's it. That's where the band got hit by Train on the Bench comes from, too. Uh, <laughs> it's madness. Again, this film is the work of, of, of Mad Men. Uh, they go to a theater, the, the theater, uh, the abandoned Where she one, nests. Where she nests, and uh, they're my notes here, they say they're really, really intimate, but not two people that are about to fuck. It's like they they talk like they're an old couple who sort of settled into being best friends. Like they hug and they, but they don't kiss. And that's what, like, it, it unnerved me that like, they still haven't like fucked. And they're, and they're, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think that was they, in like, her They contract. kiss once in a while, but she always turns away. Like, no, I don't like it. And he, he doesn't, again, he right. doesn't have any questions. Well, you're probably going to like it later, though. Yeah, cool, cool. Don't even worry about it. Like, I feel like if you're on a date with, like, your fifth date with someone, you have this much chemistry, and you go to kiss him, like, oh, no, no, I can't kiss you. You'd be like, whoa, you, like, married or something. Yeah. And uh, I guess he does wait, that later in the movie. Wait, are you a monster? Are you a Greek <laughs> <No>. monster? <laughs> yeah, this is a, I, I knew this was a fucking grift. You're going to drop, like, a briefcase of money any second. Are um, you going to eat the logic center of my brain and make it so I don't have ideas anymore? Because that's what you did to that last guy. I thought that was a little weird. <laughs> that was kind that's of a red right. flag. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of a red flag. Uh, so they show the place to Gene Kelly, and Gene Kelly's imagination immediately conjures a bandstand. Now, Michael Beck imagines a rock band, and Gene imagines the bandstand. And Michael Beck imagines a rock band, and I have uh, here Michael screams, Six guys wearing electric orange, synthesizer, heavy percussion, electric guitar. <laughs> And that was amazing to me. Uh, yeah, the rock band that they invented has never existed. It's like yes. it's like somebody it's like somebody that was deep into disco and had never heard of rock and roll had been explained rock and roll. And they're like, this is what it looks like. Yeah, right? I get it. Well, I, get it. I, think, I think it, that's I Electric Light Orchestra, isn't it? And I think that part of the reason that seems so I weird. I think I just explained Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs> yeah, like because he has to describe he's supposed to be describing a generic rock band but he is not at right. all he's describing electric light orchestra <laughs> yeah there's only one of those yeah and, uh, there's only one like of those. not every rock band wears bright orange jumpsuits my friend <laughs> right uh, <laughs> like eight synthesizers that doesn't happen yeah. <laughs> i would argue that this scene sucks pretty hard oh like, my god this is my favorite fucking, scene in the movie rules. what are you doing okay let me give you let me give you uh, if this was on america's got talent i think it would go through but the judges would have notes first of all the the bandstand part is fine and the rock band part is, is a little silly but like they clash so hard it's like they play one and then it's like someone hits stop and then hit play on an unrelated like tape and Un until the end yeah. sure then they mix like in the last 10 seconds of it and, right, and in, they, they were from different worlds, and you think that they're going to fight. They're going to fight it out when they see each other and start <laughs> moving towards each other. But then right. they like fall in love, and they they kind of dance together, which is which is Lydia. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's how you say fucking in music. Yes, like they fuck. Yes, that's them yeah. fucking. Okay. And the stage like kind of sexually clicks together so that it's all one stage. 
It, right. Yeah. I understand what they're trying to do and what they... I'm, I'm saying the execution was very poor. And Did it anybody feels like, else uh, notice that they invented <laughs> Billy Idol and Cisco in The Rock Dancers? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely there was an, saw an exact a identical Billy Idol. vibe to Billy Idol and Cisco. <laughs> yep. I did not find I, Cisco. This is where Cisco I agree came to that. I, to me, this felt like someone trying to represent two very different musical themes 20 years away from their understanding in each direction. So it was like someone who really knew 60s music trying to do 80s music and 40s music, and, and just you not quite like getting that. it. Uh, you did not like that. I didn't. I thought it was a failure for what I was trying to do, but if I'm if I'm trying to pick the moment of this movie that's closest to my interests, which is like hilarious failure. This That's where uh, yes. I think Xanadu shines. Oh so, did, yes, you, this. did you perhaps miss when he a woman leaps into one of the dancer's arms and he plays her like a guitar? Did you, <laughs> oh, yeah. did you miss that one? Okay. I did really you miss also, when it does happen? I also when they like chained when the, the lady woman, to the synthesizer. <laughs> yes, that's oh, the one I like. I love that part. That's really <laughs> and then, funny. And then he pretended to like turn knobs as if he was like making music with her. I was like, okay, that's... <laughs> That's fucking crazy. I, the, when I'm watching this movie, all I'm doing is waiting for this scene to happen. And then when it's over, I'm a little bit sad until the, the clothing oh. montage, which is my second favorite part. Yes, that is fucking amazing. Uh, so, okay, I'm glad we have... Uh, I honestly think everyone's take on Xanadu is going to be very different. Yeah. And that's maybe what I love about this movie the most. Uh, and maybe that's why, like... If I was a film reviewer in 1980, like I would have no idea what to fucking give this movie, because like I don't know. Anyway, yeah. the point is, uh, Gene Kelly loves this idea, and he's like, yeah, which, "Okay," which he announces by saying, "I love it." <laughs> yeah. well, so he's be been standing in this <laughs> in this empty room, just imagining <laughs> rock bands fighting big bands, and then after like 20 minutes, he just goes. I love it. I'm on board. <laughs> Michael Beck knew too. Like he was sharing the same delusion. I, that's what that's what's great about um, this movie is it takes a musical and it says what if all of it was literally happening, <laughs> and and that's uh, that's what we get. So here's the guy he met on the beach. Uh, Gene Kelly met this guy on the beach who's putting no money into this, and he's like, "You're a fifty-fifty partner, kid." <laughs> so weird, yeah, and, and that scene where they figure that out too is we got to say like ten minutes long, right? It's like right. two full music videos long. Easily. Yeah. And it, the uh, whole movie grinds to To which to he has to explain. <laughs> After which he has to explain what a partner is to the very handsome man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll tell you what a, what a partner is. And he says, it's like being married without the good part. Oh, like, God. That was okay, so creepy. Run away. That's <laughs> yeah. a crime. Yeah. This is this man wants to do crimes to you. He like winks at him <laughs> after he says that. And I'm like, right, does he that He doesn't mean? get it. He's too handsome to get it. Yeah. yeah. He should have... He should have made it clear he was not, like, trying to get with him earlier in the movie. Like, if you meet a guy on the beach, he's like, let's get a cup of coffee, come back to my place. You're like, okay, oh, oh, sir. Yeah, yeah, no, no, like, I, I, that's not for me. I know, I see what you're doing, and that's very nice, but no. But, uh, but yeah, he just didn't get it. He's like, yeah, everyone tries to fuck me, it's especially the Gene <laughs> this Kelly's. This is my life. <laughs> yeah, it's my, my life. whole life. So, Kira's ghost, uh, Livy Newton-John's ghost appears, and she's, like, starting to say a poem about Kubla Khan's... Uh, Pleasure Palace. And uh, yeah, Kubla Khan by Coleridge. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Gene Kelly knows it. And so... Um, and she, they, she reads the part with Xanadu, which is how she gets the name Xanadu. So this is right. how she inspires. She just shows up and says, hey, it's called Xanadu. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, of all course, right. Xanadu, like that poem. Yeah. Okay. And this, this is... Okay, this is where I, I feel it is clinched that this is a horror movie. Because again, she comes out of nowhere. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody, they didn't bring her here. Right. She just shows up, because again, this is where she nests. And she starts reading Kublai Khan, which is, it's not just about like a bitch in place. <laughs> it's it's, it's sure. obviously open to interpretation, but uh, here's how that poem ends. I'm going to read you some poetry now, Ooh, which is something you. you did not think was going to happen in this podcast. Yay. I knew the whole time. Bet with music, loud and long, I would build that dome in air. That sunny dome, those caves of ice, all who heard should see them there. And all should cry, beware, beware, his flashing eyes, his floating hair. Weave a circle round him thrice, and close your eyes with holy dread, for he on honeydew hath fed, and drunk the milk of paradise. Oh. That's yeah. the poem she started reading to him. Yeah, that's She is saying right here, hey, remember that I'm beautiful and everything's beautiful, but I'm also a monster. I'm a terrible monster, and I'm going to kill you. It's a horrible indictment of Xanadu. And then she's like, you should name this place Xanadu. Yeah. I yeah, love because it. that's what's going to happen to you. <laughs> so we're 52 minutes in. We finally found out this is a fucking movie about opening a club. Like, we now have a plot. Uh, so the roller ghost is helping him open a club um, with her magic powers. Uh, she's clearly causing this to happen with her magic powers and it's her like duty as a cosmic being uh so michael beck fires himself from his poster production company and he finally kisses olivia newton john and she stops him and uh he's like okay cool no big deal and they get back to casual conversation but then they turn into cartoons Uh, Well, before that, he starts actually asking questions, possibly for the first time in his life, and you can see it hurts him. Yeah. He's like, okay, but what's your name? Okay, but but where do you live? But like, what do you do? Or like, she says on the second floor. Do you like stuff? She says she lives on the second floor. The sketchiest answers, just Mm -hmm. every red flag. And he's like, okay. Yeah, but then they become fish, so you know that it went well. Yes. Yeah, then she kisses him and they turn into a cartoon. And this is really good animation. Like, aside from all this being insane, it is a wonderfully produced movie by passionate artists there should have been an audience for. It had no reason to fail. It is so much better than, like, Mamma Mia or Les Miserables. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it fully... (laughs) Less miserables. Right. It fully tears the head off of fucking Dear Evan Hansen and steals his husband. Like, everyone who made Dear Evan Hansen should write a suicide note that says, we should have and could have rebooted Xanadu. As far as I can tell, this movie is a masterpiece of the genre, is my point. And yet, after this, it killed movie musicals, apparently until Moulin Rouge. Right. Oh, again, another tie-in, because Red Sonja killed fantasy (laughs) movies. for for You're just... God, Lydia, this was such a masterful play. It's perfect. It's absolutely the girl Conan. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's true. <laughs> I like that the entire animated sequence, the entire cartoon sequence, where they like shrunk down and danced through a forest and everything, and they turned into all of these creatures. And the one thread was that all of the, the boy creatures wanted to fuck the girl creatures, and all of the girl creatures did not want to be fucked. <laughs> and then it ended. Yeah, that's and real. Nothing was resolved or changed when they came out of it. This was just, she told him through animation, stop trying to fuck me. And he was like, all right, see you later. He was like, firm, no, I'm still going to try. Yeah. He's he's getting some mixed signals, though. I mean, let's be fair to poor Michael Beck. He does, he's getting some whiplash. Because, I mean, you can only laser roller skate someone like while you fall in love for so long before they're like, I think this person might want to kiss me. I agree. Is my point. Yeah. 
But if you say firmly no through an animated sequence, uh, you have to respect yeah. that. Yeah. I get it. I, it's, it's just hard to understand where they're coming from. It's like they must have taken like a vow of chastity on their face. Like it's a very strange. Yeah, it's uh, hard to understand anyway. because she has no personality. You know nothing about her. You don't even know mm-hmm. her name for so long into this movie, I feel like. Right. Except that she's in his life every moment, on his lap every time he sits down. Like, this woman's completely in love with him, but can't kiss. Uh. So anyway, very confusing. Poor Michael Beck. Uh, the rest of his life's really easy, though. I should assure you that being handsome, he's, he's got no troubles. Except this one. Uh, so they go to the um, construction site, and they're a week into building it. Things are going great. They're having champagne. Even the foreman's like, you're really building a dream here. Like, they're just... It's such a pleasant movie. Uh, they start fantasizing about what Gene Kelly should wear on opening night. And here's where we get to. They say um, he needs, and it's got to be slang. They say you need a suit, man, a glitz. Yeah. And they, he asks, a glitz? Where do I get a glitz? And they say, you get it from a franchise glitz dealer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what, what the fuck's that what mean? The <laughs> franchise glitz dealer line has always confused me. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that is. I'm sure I could now Google it and somebody would say like, oh, that's what they used to call stores. Why did they call stores franchise glitz yeah. dealers? Well, I kind of like wondered if like franchises were new. So like it being a franchise would make it like super fancy. It's probably <laughs> like a glitz dealer. It's probably like code. It's probably like casual sex code or something. I don't know. It's like that's your heroin dealer. Your franchise <laughs> glitz dealer is like where yeah, you get your heroin. Totally. That sounds right. Glitz. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm, like... I'm going to make a use for franchise glitz dealer now. <laughs> that's what I'm going to. I'm just going to call my drug dealer that and see if he shoots me. And if he doesn't, then it's cool. <laughs> yeah, good so plan. I, I'm sure. I'm sure we all loved the musical montage that they go there. Oh, sassy, so good. sassy mannequins come to life. And then Gene Kelly tries on outfits, each one slightly different than the last. And he does like a little dance for each outfit. Yeah, just a little dance. Some of them exactly the same as previous dances, but many of them different. He's 70, give him a break. And one of them he fucking pulls out in a Rolls Royce and comes out in cowboy tassels on roller skates. And that's when it's like, you know what? In like pure fringe white sequin cowboy. And that's the one because this is changing. Yeah, this (laughs) is the changing sequence. And, and that's it, the one everybody's like, yeah, that's fucking it. And it feels like we're done, right? But no, they invented this whole musical montage. Like before this, I don't think this existed. And then they shattered the template in the middle of it because after they decide on the outfit, they keep going. He comes out in like several more. And I don't, I don't care for this art. I'm a little bit bored. I'm unmoved. But I'm 100% certain this is the best version of whatever this is it can be. There's a spider god crawling through the legs of spider dancers. Yeah, they're dancers. stalked by fucking werebeast. There's a cat woman. Like, they morph into a giant pinball well, machine. Well, yeah, obviously the best part There's is... There's novelty wipe after novelty wipe. When, when, I love when he's playing yes. the pinball machine, and then he's in the pinball machine. Like, in it just the pinball cuts machine. to me inside the pinball machine, and he's just happily punching the pinball stuff. Oh, oh he's having so much fun. So There's good. hat magic. There's lay laser hat magic there's a woman that comes out of a clothes rack and just starts doing these isolated pelvic thrusts and they linger on her for like solid 10 seconds and then a, like a mostly naked hot lady comes out and just sort of just rides for the camera while they perv out on her body i'm like this has something for everybody truly can we all agree that this is madness because i believe that's what this represents i think the the oh, yeah. consequence because the greek no greek mythology creature 
is ever like fully okay. They always mm-hmm. have something kind of monstrous. I think the muse drives drives you to madness, and I think that's what this dance sequence is. Like that's I, like she's starting to eat his brain a little bit. They're being consumed by Xanadu, yeah. and this is that's like as yeah. they're building it, they're being consumed by it, and that's what this scene represents. Because this is the turn of the movie like where it. it was one movie for a long time, and then after this, it's a whole different movie. <laughs> I mean, it's much dancier, that's for sure. <laughs> And uh, I like your theory because when it pulls out from this scene, it's just Olivia Newton-John and Michael Beck slow dancing to the musicless sound of Gene Kelly's business calls. Like they're they're just like face to face, fully in love. While he's just like, yeah, I need so I need the parts by tomorrow. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, no music. And and everyone's uh, like admiring them for it and not being like, what's yeah. up with those two? They don't kiss, but God damn it, I've never seen anyone yeah, so Yeah, that eye contact, that is her eating the logic centers of his brain. <laughs> Devouring them. Uh, so, he, so Gene Kelly's like nervous about opening up the club. Like he gets alone with Olivia Newton-John and he's like, uh, Olivia's like, oh, you know what you need to do is pretend it's 1945 again. The last time you opened up a club and he goes, I don't have to pretend. It is 1945 all over again with like a real menacing tone. And I'm, I'm still thinking something terrible is about to happen. Like, cause he's saying, I fucking know. I know it's you. I know what you're doing. You're, yeah. you're not going to take this one. You're not going to take it like you took me. And she's just like, yeah, you got me. Uh huh. She leaned, no, she leans over and says, it is 1945 again. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Like she could just take That's time from him. Yeah, she's like, I control more than you could possibly imagine. Uh, I could make you into a fucking zygote. So then it cuts to her and Michael Beck, and they're, they say I love you to each other, but she still won't kiss him. And then she reveals that she's not allowed to love and just basically lays it out. Like, I'm a fucking muse, like, from the stories. There's a Says pantheon of magical Zeus. beings. Yes, my dad is Zeus. I live on Mount, not Olympus. They had some other name for it. Uh, she she says she's there specifically to make Xanadu happen. Yes. They, they, just to make a fucking nightclub open up. Which is... It seems really strange. And like, especially she since... She tells him to look up... Since he's a painter, you would think that she would be there to inspire him to make a great painting or something, right? But she's actually yeah. there to get him to, like, basically give up on his dreams to do this other thing. Exactly. Yeah, she does not inspire him in any way. She shows up and says... He doesn't even want, he doesn't pick the theater. He doesn't want to pick the theater. She just says, no, you're doing it. You're picking that theater. He's like, no, no, I don't know. No, that's it. And then she names it. And then she picks his partner. It's just. It's very strange. Uh, She tells him to look up Muse in the dictionary and it has a message for him. So now she's revealing that she's got full on like weird science powers. Like she has the TV come to life and the characters on the TV are talking to him. And this is not regular musical rules so i think that everyone else watching tv at that time was having was seeing this yeah and being like what the fuck happened to my old movie i agree and uh right and then she says he she's not allowed so to love him to understand here and it just doesn't happen you can really see him working. i mean he just Could doesn't care she's like explained. i'm a mythical creature and he's like do you still want to make out yeah i know that's great <laughs> yeah i'm into it and i'm really handsome so like it's Mythically handsome, yeah. pretty much. So I think that we're a great couple. I don't see why they can't make it work. They both scream, I'll love you forever, while she turns into a laser and leaves. It seems like <laughs> fucking if that's not love, what right is? And no reason for her to uh, leave at that moment either, because Xanadu hasn't opened yet. So <laughs> she just decides right? to pop out, I guess. I just love his look after she muse beams out of there. He's just kind of a huh look, like, huh. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. I get... Huh. Yeah, that happens sometimes. It's Taylor Lautner face. (laughs) I feel like he has real Taylor Lautner face in this. Very. Yeah, that's kind of mean, but I agree. (laughs) Uh, So Gene Kelly finds him on the beach. Like, Gene Kelly's literally searching all of Venice for him in his suit, just walking through the sand. Like, I know he's out on one of these rocks. And he was. Uh, He explains that dreams don't die. We kill them. Um, which maybe is the theme of this movie. I don't, I still can't find the theme, which again, maybe is why this movie failed because it breaks every like rule of storytelling and, and film structure. I think that's a good thesis um, so, though, that that's what they intended to be the theme of the movie. Maybe. Uh, so Gene Kelly tells him to find his girl, like, Hey, go to Mount Zerklon or where the fuck, uh, there's gotta be a way to get there. And that's when he goes over to the mural where she lives. Well, he doesn't go to it. He just finds it. During his like angry roller skating, that looks a lot like her, and it's like, yeah, that she must live in this mural, and and so instead of I'm like, okay, I kind of got that he was immediately going to Looney Tunes into the wall, but I thought it would be better if he painted himself on there. Like I think that logically would have made more sense. That makes a a lot more sense. Right, would have been great. (laughs) And so, but instead (laughs) he roller skates out for like 800 feet of buildup and just face first, no second guesses. Yep. right into the wall and uh, like of course he goes through the wall but of course h- how amazing would this movie be if he didn't oh if he just fucking bashed his head into the wall and then the movie's over yeah he just well, privately he needs- decides that it's platform nine and three-fourths rules where you have to go into it as hard as possible you can't just like touch it and try and right. gently ease in nope. yeah it's back it's to the just, future rules anything less very- than 30 miles an hour you bounce right off the portal <laughs> it is a very handsome solution <laughs> very handsome solution <laughs> just bold insanity straight ahead with full power that works um, out so he's in xanadu and she's happy to see him but like she's like dude what the fuck are you doing here it's just a land of nothing it's just lasers and olivia newton john <laughs> which again paradise but like uh he's stuck in like a little beam of like prison like a little like krypton prison cell laser he, prison he's in a yeah, laser, laser prison, prison. You, you know what and he What's great about Michael Beck is um, he's a great actor, but he was not trained in, in mime. So when he's trying to like say, oh, I can't get out of the prison. It's the most fucking pathetic, like entry level, like, oh gosh, I'm stuck. Like he's making fun of the, the process of acting, which is very funny to me. And then uh, he calls out Zeus, who's a total dick. Uh, he's like, oh, wait, can I say his line when he calls out oh, Zeus? Oh, please do. Go ahead, please. It's just, hey, Zeus. <laughs> Well, and then I like that Zeus Zeus Zeus. shows up and he's like, we don't use those dated names anymore. And it's like, okay, what am I supposed to call you? Fucking come down here, Zeus. Fucking Dr. Goodfellow from Buck Rogers. (laughs) That's actually the actor. Oh, really? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they do a bit where Zeus and Hera, who like are fully omnipotent and they know everything, they watch the earth, they run a dream-granting organization, they don't know what feelings are. He's like, we feel love for each other. And they're like, what? What's feelings? You're like, what are they fucking like robots now? It's fucking so weird. They make a joke about how they learned about feelings in mortal class. Yeah. uh... Yeah. Oh, now it's a comedy? What the fuck is happening here? And... uh, so they send him back to Earth, and uh, Kira, Olivia Newton-John, is, is left alone to sing a sad song, motionless in a land of lasers. And I would argue about it's... how sad she is that she didn't get to eat a beautiful man idiot's <laughs> <Yes>. brain. <laughs> it uh, it's so bad. I think 
objectively it's the first dud of the movie like there's just nothing you can get from this other than crushing boredom well, and but it does work on zeus it, maybe lady is do you like this song no i don't like it i was just gonna say in the beginning okay. of the movie if you know like el it says um electric light or music by electric light orchestra and then after it it says olivia newton john's music by someone else and you can mm. tell that she had someone else write this song for her right and they really wanted you to know they were like no 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 don't put this on me. Don't say music by ELO. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, it sucks to us, but Zeus loved it is, I guess, what we're getting at. And so he's like, okay, I will let you go back to Earth and fall in love with uh, Michael Beck. Maybe? Um, well, that's, he says she can go that's not made forever or for a moment, but he can't remember. He keeps getting those two mixed up. So it's possible uh, that this movie actually doesn't have... A happy ending. I I do have a take on that, but okay. uh, before I want to oh, talk, me too. And I think we're I think we're going in the same place. I'm excited <laughs> to get there. Xanadu's opening is very strange to me because I think they opened a roller rink. I don't think this is a nightclub. I think this is a roller rink. Yeah, it's just a big circular thing with like kind of a bar on the side. It's and a disco roller rink hedonism palace is what I have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's de- it's definitely not a normal nightclub. Uh, it's, it's all roller rink for would, sure, but yeah. there are also normal people wandering in and out of the roller rink to get right. killed. I am assuming. Like, I, yes, that makes sense. Such a bad idea. Uh, so they just do sort of roller skating numbers. There's a big crowd of people going in two different directions. There's karate roller skates just for a moment, just so the filmmakers let us know they thought up karate roller skaters. And also, hey, there are we open this scene with a band of juggling mimes forming a gauntlet and that's how you have to get into xanadu is you have to run between the juggling mime gauntlet i think i think the mimes are just have to be entered that way like i think that i'm just saying (laughs) they won't be there every night (laughs) just a special occasion uh you bring up a good point though that there's uh a lot of performers i don't think there's a customer here this is opening night i can't i could not spot a single person that would be a customer yeah, they're all performing. Everyone there was like a drumline roller yeah. dancer or, you know, some sort of a performer. The, to uh, this weirdly like militaristic song. And then they're they're punching in unison and doing key yes. eyes in unison for a while. It's just, it's like turned into cult training somehow. If, if I walked it's, into this building, I would know that in this world there are no rules or laws and that everyone here was already dead. Like I would know instantly I could do anything I wanted inside of Xanadu. And I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe. They hired a whole circus and just are, are mm-hmm. like p- piecing it out and having them do their little acts in pieces all over the room while everyone else <laughs> roller skates around them. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's pure chaos. This is how I would define chaos. Like if you told me, if you gave me a massive budget and a lot of time and you were like, I need you to visually define chaos for me, like the concept, yes. I would do exactly this moment and I would put you in the middle of it and you'd be like, yes. This is I need 120 pairs and, of roller skates and one traveling circus. <laughs> and and so they're all do, they're doing all this stuff. They're roller skating, jumping. This is Olivia Newton-John at the peak of her greatness. Uh, she comes out and performs the titular song. It's beautiful and transcendent. This uh, this is a dream realized for hundreds of dancers and sideshow performers. This movie is huge, and every person in this knows it's the greatest thing they'll ever do, or maybe that will ever be. Like yeah. So much went into this scene. And 
I love the big zoom out from her, and there's just a girl spinning like rapidly on a harness from her teeth. Yes. But there's only one. It's not like it's not like part of part of the whole vibe. She's just fucking. She brought this harness from home, and it's like I'm gonna fucking spin as fast as I can in this nightclub. And she's right at the front too, like weirdly close to the camera. It's it's just a pure I, madness. I love it, and then it takes a sexy rock turn. Where now Living Newton-John's song about Xanadu turns into a song about how the listener is a loser. Where the lyrics well, are where, wherever you go, you're a loser. <laughs> fool, 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 fool. <laughs> but first it cuts to this weird, just for like a minute, it cuts to this weird like Lynchian number where they're all dressed like cigarette girls. Oh, yeah. It's like this distorted synthesizer calliope circus music. <laughs> and she tap and dances. And she like starts to dance for a second and then it's over. Yeah. And then it's a rock number. <laughs> And then it's a country western number. Oh my gosh, that's and weird. That's one part of this movie that I'm yeah. like, why did they do a, a cowboy number yeah, where she's got a cowboy hat, little fringe jacket on? Yeah, she's and no she Kelly has, like, his yeah, outfit. She has she, Gene she, Kelly's I mean, We never outfit. get to see Gene Kelly in, <laughs> in his fucking cowboy paladin outfit again. But she has. Yeah, he wears a tuxedo to the opening. So that scene was completely worthless. Yeah. It was totally pointless. They all, they all agreed on the outfit, and he's like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, regular tuxedo. <laughs> Song's over. So this is like the fourth or fifth, like full costume change by the entire room. And it, it was so weird to me that it took me out of the scene and I couldn't help but remember that this was all set up by ancient gods who don't understand us or our feelings. And it made me think that this film was the work of a true madman. Like, <laughs> like it's so fucking weird. And then another costume change for an avant-garde like sci-fi fantasy featuring actual magic. Like, they're doing real magic with people turning into lasers and shit. And then everyone vanishes, except for Michael Beck. And he's just staring at an empty, glowing pedestal. Because she has eaten his creativity. I think she ate his brain. I think that's what artistically it's saying is that they wiped his memory. Because the people start trickling back in, just uh, sort of randomly appearing. He sits down with Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton-John is a cocktail waitress. And he looks at her. Like he's meeting her for the first time. And I think yeah, that she, was... he does not. It's very clear. He doesn't yeah. like remember her. And she pretends not to remember him. And he goes along with it. So either that's a weird, crazy game they just agreed on. Or like, yeah, she ate like she ate a big part of his brain. Because this is a fucking horror movie. I definitely yep. don't mind that interpretation of it. I think it adds a little, <laughs> an extra layer to the plot. <laughs> kind of makes it more pleasant. So how did... What did you think? What do you think happened here at the end, Liddy? I mean, I think so. He says to Zeus and Hera that he wants one more moment with her, and they like at, they say mm-hmm. we can give him one more moment or forever. I can't remember which is which because time is not a concept for them or whatever. And right. I think that the ending is supposed to imply that they have sent her back, and he thought it was just for a moment. So when she disappeared at the end of that song, that's why he's sad because he's like she's gone forever. And then when she comes back, I think it could kind of go either way, where like he. she's some girl who looks like the muse and they're going to be together now or it's like her and he's they're just kind of messing around and like this is but your theory would require there to be a second olivia newton john and that's impossible come on i guess that's true or a mortal one of a a mortal version of olivia newton john (laughs) she would not allow there to be two one would kill (laughs) yeah in her contract you cannot duplicate me my powers too much I think he got, uh, I mean, Olivia Newton-John's great muse to have, but he could have had Sandy Bergman. Like, he just, he threw those papers into just a, an, a, an angle to the left. Just one degree to the left, he would have got Sandy Bergman. I bet Sandy Bergman yeah, would have Sandy let him Bergman be a painter. Sandy Bergman would fuck. <laughs> yeah, she, she would at least kiss him, and she would let him stay a painter and not make him open a nightclub. 
<laughs> so what yes, a bizarre fucking movie. What a what a great horror movie. Oh, I'm so glad that you watched it. Thank you for forcing that on us. You're so welcome. Anytime. <laughs> the only way it could happen, and very appropriate for the theme of Xanadu, to be forced into this, to be tricked and then changed against our will. Just well played. And then to lose our memory of it. What are we talking about? How handsome you are all the time and what your life is like. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, that, I get that. That's a pretty normal thing people say to me. <laughs> a lot of nice things happen to me. A lot of weird supernatural shit, too. I don't have any questions about it. <laughs> Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! It's a podcast canals! Und mit maximalem Schau! Doc Frankfurt Podcast? Correct! Thank you, thank you. No, you're beautiful. Well, it's been a great run here at the 1900 Hot Dog Hotel and Casino. None of it would have been possible without the groovy Hot Dog House Band. Let's give it up for the Supremes. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, on guitar Adrian H. Hey, there's Aiden Moat, Alpha Scientist Java, Armando Nava, Bibbidi Bop Bop Bibbidi Bop, Benjamin Cyranid, Second Keytar. Give it up for Brandon Garlock, Rianne Whitney, Chase McPherson, Children Love the Meat Millie, ooh yeah they do, Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B, on Rhythm Guitar, Laziest Man on Mars, not lazy on that guitar, I'll tell you that much for free, da 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 da, Dean Costello, Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding, Fancy Shark, Ooh, on backup guitar, it's my man Gelaho. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. He informs me it's pronounced Jelloho. Jelloho, ladies and gentlemen. Won't forget that. Haraka, hot fart. Jaber Al Aiden. Jeremy Neal. Skippity bop. Skippity bop. Skippity bop. Zubop. 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 John. Also John McCammon. John Minkoff. Josh Baby. Josh S. Ken Paisley. K&M. Hey, that stands for Kitar Now, man. That's right. That's right. All right, slow it down. Lyman. Mark. Matt Cortez. Matt Riley. Mm-mm. Mike Styles. Moju. N.D. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer. Nick H. is rocking that lead Kitar. Look at those digits dance. Patrick Herbs. Rhiannon. Rich Joslin. Sarkovsky. Dither and Donald Finney on the double keytop. Timmy Leahy, Toasty Gab, Tom Sekula. And last, certainly not least, your man, my man, Yosarian on drums. I'm just messing with you, man. You know I love that vicious keytar. <laughs>